What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Dog, and we are joined by two very, very special guests today. The first is a very sick boy, Patch. How are you? I'm very sick. I have the spicy cough and the brain fog. So I hope everyone is looking forward to me forgetting everything that's happened more than three seconds prior to, uh, to the... Um, well, you've already forgot Hello. what you're saying, so Hello. point proven. Hello. And joining us is our, our extra special guest, Tyler, who is ranked 10th overall coach of the Shep Screamers, ranked 10th overall in the Super Coach this year. Not very many points separate 1st and 10th. Tyler, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. It's uh, it's exciting. It's quite scary, uh, and I've run out of trades, so uh, there's not much I can do about it either. <laughs> I, we're gonna get we're gonna deep dive into your team very soon. But first, this episode was made possible by our friends at Manscaped. Crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new boxes 2.0 from Manscaped take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming, so you can wear the boxes 2.0 for the chillin'. They even trademarked the jewel pouch, TM, so you know it's serious. I think it's time to invest in your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping using our code JOCK. That's code J-O-C-K at manscaped.com. Anyone who does that not only gets a great product, but helps us with the show, helps us keep sponsors on board and helps us uh, maintain the website and and you know, develop cool graphics, all that stuff that we've been doing. But Patch, you've been looking much, very much forward to talking about the Boxes 2.0 because they are damn good. Oh, they're so good. They're just wonderful. As a, a young man who never put too much stock in their jocks, um, goodness me. Wow. Absolute game changer. Yeah, I've, it's certainly actually changed the um, the the jocks that I'm wearing. I used to be, I've always been like a boxer brief, but now these are a longer leg boxer brief and they are very comfortable. Uh, and I encourage everyone to get them, even irregardless of the sponsorship. Yeah, you do look very good in them as well. Yes, well, you get regular, regular textual updates. Yeah. So to get 20% off and free shipping with our code JOCK, J-O-C-K at manscaped.com, that's 20% off plus free shipping with our code JOCK. J-O-C-K at manscaped.com. Up your crotch game because once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you'll never go back. They put the jock in jocks. Gentlemen, it is time to talk super coach. And Patch, I might let you 
start the questioning knowing you know Tyler IRL. Yes, well, for yeah. those playing along at home, Tyler is my boss um, as the editor of the Shepherd and News. Um, so, yeah, we, we do chat Supercoach pretty frequently. Um, but, wait, are we doing good thing, bad thing, or are we going straight into it? What's the deal here? We'll just go straight into it. Your 10th, tell us about how you got there. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not too sure, actually. Uh, it's um, It's been a season of a lot of luck. Um, uh, I think the um, the trade boosts, uh, although I barely remembered that we had them, uh, I used my last one that long ago. Um, I think the trade boost really helped this year because it almost gave me permission just to uh, trade as much as possible, um, even more than usual, uh, and try and upgrade my team as early as possible. So I think I got into the buys with what I was probably happy with in past seasons at round 14 or 15 in terms of a, a finished side. And, um, <clears throat> you know, hit some of the, the right starting picks. Uh, Will Brody, obviously a, a strong shepherd and name. Uh, so he was first into my side and um, brought Darcy Cameron in at the right time and um, I think Ollie Wines' first game in my team was a 150 and Callum Mills's was a 200 and th- there was just a really good run there and it, it just kind of um, continued on and, and hasn't really stopped. Um, I think I went down from 25th to 26th last week, uh, before last round and then um, jumped up to 10th this week and that was my first red arrow in a while so um, it has been a, a, a very good year. And uh, you've got some pedigree as well, obviously playing Supercoach for a little while, but you've done very well in Supercoach BBL as well. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a 36th a couple of seasons ago and uh, top 700 last season. I've got the uh, the Supercoach socks on, actually, from that uh, 36th. Uh, always good luck, uh, I think. Wear, wear them on a, on a Saturday. Uh, they don't really work on a Sunday, but um, they, they seem to work better on a Saturday. As the resident Supercoach BBL expert on the website, I'll... Uh, Happily chat Supercoach BBL with you during the season. And by the way, there will be a new podcast coming out on jockreynolds.com.au run by Azza and Damo around the wicket. It's going to be fantastic content, regular updates, and I'm sure we'll hear from you, Tyler, then. Uh, if you want any tips on Supercoach BBL, just ask because I am very good at it. Looking at your side, uh, you don't have too many dead rookies, which I think is is a good sign. You've got Sam DeConnick, Jacob Weir in defense. Midfield's a bit iffy with Clark, Rioli, and Owens, but I think a lot of people are in that in that place. And then who else have we got? We've got Tickle, and I see no other rookies in your team. That's a That's a pretty good result. Yeah, it, it, it is in the end. Um, I, I turned uh, Oliver into Goldstein and Dylan Moore um, on Saturday morning after telling myself Friday night that I wasn't going to. Um, and that's sort of, as well as losing my last two trades, it, it's given me some good cover. So um, effectively, you know, Goldstein and, and Luke Jackson, as well as um, Sam DeConing, are, are really my sort of three main cover. And with a bit of mid-forward swings, I can use sort of Goldstein to cover a midfielder or um, that sort of stuff. And obviously Luke Jackson produced a 90-odd on the weekend, which was good as well. Speaking of Clayton Oliver, so you did opt to trade him out. I think my advice last week was not to trade him out. I also traded him out. I traded him him and Daniel. (laughs) Yeah, I traded him and Daniel Rich to Rory Laird and took Miller. Uh, because I wanted that sugar hit of a good rank, uh, a good ranking for this round, which I did get, probably won't last. How did you, Tyler? How did you 
weigh that one up knowing it was your last two trades and knowing that Oliver's a reasonable chance to come back in uh, in this round? Uh, I, I figured, um, you know, that it's very rare that uh, you're anywhere near the top at this end of the season. And, um, you know, there was not much to be gained from finishing, you know, 11th to 1100th. Um, so I, I thought I'd have a crack at it. And I think it was uh, on the main pod last week that um, it might have been Patch. I, I thought it was Damo, but Patch is claiming it that he brought up Dylan Moore um as a good trade-in and i thought west coast and then north that sounds good to me um but what what i did was um with bulldogs playing st kilda i um started bont marshall uh dunkley on the pine and vc mccray and sort of tried to give myself as much information as i could um before i sort of pulled the trigger on oliver and um it, it allowed me to avoid bringing english in which i had uh, thought about um on thursday afternoon but uh so I avoided the 50 there, but uh, yeah, just tried to give myself as much information and, and in the end decided uh, I'd, I'd rather trust my gut and, and have a crack uh, than sort of sit on my hands and, uh, you know, sideways uh, and M8 in a few rounds for, for not much gain. Did you put much stock in the, you know, those last two trades? I know we spoke about it a lot in the office about whether or not you were actually going to use them or not. And I said you probably shouldn't. And then you did it, um, which, you know, you're ranked 10th and I'm ranked you know, eleven thousandth or something. Um, but did you like what? What's your advice to people in in the situation where you were in with you know two trades left or three trades left? Um, is it to you know to to push to try and you know get that that best side you can, or would you you know advise other people to to hold them? I think it all depends on your cover and your um, I suppose appetite for risk. Uh, if if you're in a few league finals and you know you may be locked in the top four that's probably and that's your focus it's probably not worth um going too hard and uh, it's probably better to keep the trades but the thing that was almost swayed me to keep oliver apart from having clayton oliver in my side for the last five rounds um was that tom stewart's not too far away and uh i would have liked to have pushed one of crisp or short off the field by bringing him in but um in the end i thought uh, better to to try and get the points now and um, I suppose hold on to rank uh, with a bit of luck rather than try and uh, tread water a bit and hope something went wrong to be then able to fix it. I was just going to say, I think we spoke about it last week on the podcast and said the only way I'd be sort of moving a, a Clayton Oliver or making a big move like that is if you were sort of towards the top of the table or desperate to get into a league final. So I support it. I don't fit into either of those categories and I made the same trade, but I, I certainly support it. Um, and it helps that Jaden Short tunned up and made us not look so stupid. Uh, very exciting. How have you felt about guys like, you? obviously you don't have a Paddy Cripps in your side, but guys like Crisp and Short and uh, even Ollie Wines has been a little bit down of late. How, how do you feel about those guys and have you been tempted to, to move any of them off? Yeah, I have been. Um, Short was probably the one uh, I, I'd nearly pulled the trigger on. Uh, Wines, I, I sort of expect, um, I, I probably expected him to be a 105 kind of guy with a with a few spikes rather than the other way around. Um, it, in the end, uh, something I tried to do through most of this season was limit the luxury trades. Um, I, I suppose the first luxury trades I made would have been in round 14, I, I think. So, um trying to get 
as many rookies out of my side as possible and obviously off the field the first time. Um, probably took precedence over sideways in some of these guys. And yeah, like you said, I, I don't have Crips and I haven't owned him all year. I haven't owned Wits all year, which wasn't looking great early and is now starting to look a little bit better. And um, same with Stewart. Um, obviously, a couple of those 180s hurt, but um, you know now I haven't had to make trades to, to put him out or bring him back in. So um, someone I did uh, trade in and out a few times was Braden Proust, though. Uh, I used mm-hmm. four, four trades that involved Braden Proust in my... Um, in my team this year and I went through and counted 13 of my 35 trades uh, included a Ruckman of some sort. So uh, there was a lot of issues with uh, not having set and forget this year. I'm, I'm interested. What have you thought about the changes this year in Supercoach? They gave us those five trade boosts. They also gave us five additional trades uh, overall. I think it was five from 25 up to 30. In my opinion, I would like to see the trade boosts, but potentially with with less total trades because uh, I'm just looking through the this the top ten. I know in my side, I've got at least two ninety plus loophole worthy players. I feel like people have been able to trade to a stronger position where they're able to not have a guy like Paddy Cripps on the field, whereas in previous years you're normally relying on like maybe having one loop rather than one in each line. How have you felt the changes were and um, what are your thoughts moving forward, if you have any? Yeah, I, I've really enjoyed the trade boost. Like, like I think it brought that extra strategy in that um, maybe the game was craving. Uh, I suppose there's a lot of um, a lot of content around SuperCoach and um, a lot of chatter on on social media, and everyone. Uh, th- there's always that message that everyone feels like there's a, a template team or everyone's moving in the same direction, and to bring in a new strategy aspect that. Um, allowed you to really push the push the issue and push the pace a bit I, I thought was really um, exciting and um, I, I agree though that the 35 trades overall probably felt like a bit too many um, but I I agree with I understand the the process behind doing it obviously last year we lost a few games to to COVID and um, lots of outs and all that sort of stuff so I, I think rather than have to do that on the fly building that into the system to start with was probably a smart move but i wouldn't mind it going back to 30 next year at all i like it i'm supportive yeah no i I think it also as you said or as you touched on it it made the teams a bit more interesting as well there's a bit more variation in teams there's not much as much cookie cutter because you can take that risk to go you know with someone else um instead of just kind of everyone doing the same trade target every week um you know there was a bit more room for for flexibility yeah, and I think the um the the obviously the other main strategy um, addition this year was the the DPP changes, and I found them really exciting as well. Uh, obviously, um, they've been in the other sort of fantasy games for a while, and um, I, I haven't quite been across those or, or played those, so um, I, I'm not quite sure how they've gone down in those communities. But I, I think in the Supercoach community this year, it, it's been a a really positive impact um, and it, it has really helped probably um, alleviate any worries about carnage because um, you've had a lot more flexibility within uh, the side that you've got uh, without having to then use those extra trades to, um, to to bring someone in to cover a donut. Yeah, I love it. And I, I think, I, you know, the reason we all do this is because we're not smart enough or good enough or talented enough to be real list managers and I think if you, if you can get it to be as close to 
representative of what we're seeing on the field as possible. It's it's a good thing. There's nothing worse than, you know, previous years you've got a guy sitting at full forward in your super coach team, but he hasn't he hasn't been inside the forward fifty for, for twenty three rounds. So I, I'm I'm really supportive of the, of that change and um, that's a big tick for me as well. All right, let's jump into our good thing, bad thing for the week. I'll go first with my good thing, and I think I can speak for a lot of people out there in that, geez, Nick Dacos is a good thing. 163 points has 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 gone from my M9 loop to my D1 <laughs> starting defender, and uh, that man is is an absolute jet. So that that's my good super coach thing for the week. Patch, do you have anything uh, that you would like to shout out this week? Um, well, he's not in my team, um, but Mason Redman. Um, I've, I've been on the train for a little while. Uh, you've stolen Nick Dacos from me, who was the only player in my team this week who was any good. Um, so Mason Redman is the uh, the next best thing of the player I want in my team the most, who I don't have. Pumped out a 150. God, he looks good. God, he's exciting. God, I love watching the Red Dog roam. Um, averaging 120 over his last three and over his last five. Just real good at football. Real good. No, in a very good uh, vein of form, playing a very super coach friendly role, and I'm sure we'll have many discussions about him in the offseason. Tyler, other than <laughs> moving to 10th overall, because <laughs> I feel like that's a cheap out, what's your favourite? What's your uh, good super coach thing of the week? Uh, I, I think it has to be uh, Rory Laird as captain. Um, probably control C, control V over the last few weeks. Um, I took a risk and traded Andrew Brayshaw to him um, uh, in round 14 or when, when Brayshaw had his bye. And I, I did the numbers today and um, he, Rory Laird is still uh, about 220 points ahead of what Brayshaw would have scored from the side and that's not including as a captain. So... Yeah, it has to be Rory Laird for me. Mm, that was about yep. the time I traded Brayshaw into my team. <laughs> me too. Well, yeah, he was very cheap back then. He was very cheap back then. Well, he was cheapish. Oh, uh, he's, he's, he's still going well. He's had a couple, couple of one thirties, but also yeah, a couple of nineties and eighties and other very average scores, including Summers captain. Anyway, anyway, his, his ninety-six, by the way, from the weekend is is a miracle, given he was on about one point at quarter time or whatever it was. It was uh, worrying signs there. I was watching from the Essendon game going, oh, I wouldn't mind some points here, Bray. And also, I'm cheating. I'm saying another thing. Shout out once again to Connor Rosie. Keep on keeping on, you beautiful son of a gun. Jeez, I've turned around on you. Jeez, I've turned around on you. I was the Kane Corns to Connor Rosie, as in Kane Corns is to Sam Walsh, and like him, I've done a complete 180. All right, Supercoach, our bad thing of... The week, uh, I think it's Jared Witz for me, gentlemen, because mm. I think uh, Fantasy Freako did a tweet during the week and it was like, prior to me trading in Jared Witz, averaged 120 since I traded him, averaging 85 or whatever the number was. Exactly the same situation. I think I've got, I think I've had two scores of 100 plus out of him and three scores between 63 and 78. So I've been thoroughly disappointed in a guy that I traded into my team and at the time didn't really want to because he was $400,000 more expensive than what I could have had him at. So it just keeps on giving that one. Yep. He's, um, 
he's done the wonderful thing where he's turned into the Ruckman I thought he would be all year, but only after I traded him in and caved to the relentless pressure of the internet. So well done, everyone. Well done to everyone involved. Um, yeah, my, my bad thing is going to be the guy that was next to him, um, Tim English. Todd Goldstein. Oh. No, no. God, I wish I had Todd Goldstein. Good Lord. Uh, no, Tim English scored 51 and took like one mark and did stuff all for the dogs uh, on whenever they played Friday night. I don't know anymore. Time is meaningless. Um, so 78, 51, and then Luke Jackson, 94 on the bench. We love that. We just... <sighs> Good Lord. Tyler, did you have a bad thing this weekend in the Supercoach uh, uh, world? Well, I mean, probably uh, not. Ollie Wines' 87 was my lowest score, but if I can turn a bad thing into a good thing, um, Rowan Marshall's 69 uh, as an emergency on Friday night was part of the uh, decision to, to trade Clayton Oliver to uh, two players, one of those including Todd Goldstein, which I was able to play over him. So... Uh, yeah, if I can be a bit naughty and turn a bad thing into a good thing there, uh, maybe it was Rowan Marshall's sub-70. No, we do that. We, uh, we're a big fan of that. I, I've done the old turn a, uh, a positive thing into a negative thing many times this year because my team is just trash. But uh, on Rowan Marshall, um, everyone will be bringing him in this week because, oh boy, um, Paddy Ryder is out probably for the year. Um, hopefully not for the last time in his career. You'd love to see him come back next year, but goodness knows. Anyway, um, Marshall averages like 115 without Ryder in the side and will be without Ryder in the side for the rest of the year. So is there a reason not to? Uh, maybe, maybe if you don't have any trades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not having trades will make it difficult, but at $460,600, break even of 107. He is now forward ruck eligible. He got that added in, I think it was last week, or maybe the week before. And as you said, Patch, dominates when he is the main man down at St. Kilda, which it looks like he will be. And my plan was to make no trades this week, and now I have to find a way to get him into my team. And it might even be sacrificing one of these middling guys like a Paddy Cripps to do so, because... I think he is pretty close to a must-trade in this week if you have the trades to use. Yep, that's what I've done. I've swung Cripps to Marshall using half of my remaining trades. And there we go. I'm, I'm, it's just going to happen. I don't even care anymore. Is uh, is Pitney far away? Do we think his return I will... think he's a reasonable chance to play this week. Will that give Cripps a bit more of a boost that he won't have to play... Second or third ruck? Well, you would hope so. You would hope so. They they will definitely play both ruckmen if Pitto is fit. He he was pretty solid in the VFL, um, apparently, and ticked the boxes they wanted him to. Does it help Cripps' supercoach score? I mean, it, he probably scores a 105 instead of an 85, which, which is certainly acceptable. Um, but there is a lot of ifs in that sentence whereas Rowan Marshall without Ryder equals good is pretty straightforward another guy we should probably mention who it, it sounds like even though he hasn't played in 14 weeks they're going to be looking at him this week is Brody Grundy for Collingwood $544,500 break even 136 80k cheaper than the start of the season 
Didn't set the world on fire at the start of the season, uh, averaging 104 for the year, but he's coming back in and it's probably not as interesting in terms of a trade target, but what do we think, gentlemen, this does to Darcy Cameron owners? Patch. Well, they were saying I saw somewhere during my COVID fever dreams that he was training with the forwards and had been training with the forwards for a few weeks. So do they... I don't, I don't know. Do they think Cameron will play in the ruck and Grody will play forward and then they'll split it 50-50? Do they just decide Mason Cox is the number one ruck and play both Darcy Cameron and Brody Grundy at full forward? I, I don't know. Um, and I'm very confused and very concerned by the development. You know, I would be if I was a, a Cameron owner. Um, but I, I think they still they, they still split it. Uh, Cameron has proven to be too good. To, to just leave languishing in the forward line and you know Grundy still has a lot of fitness to get back so I don't think there's I don't think there's panic stations just yet I think we can see how they go this weekend against the bombers um, and against Sammy Draper's flowing gorgeous mullet as he streams into an open goal and kicks a goal of the year with a banana um, but yeah certainly something we need to watch and reassess next week I think. That's probably all of the ruck. Oh, do you have anything, Tyler, the, to add to that, or are you in similar thoughts to Patchy? Uh, no, similar thoughts, but I think it's a good opportunity for Cameron owners um, to try and get Marshall in uh, to push Cameron to the pine um, or to be able to have that option um, over the next few weeks because match fitness might be an issue for maybe a round or a fortnight for Grundy, but I can't take too much stock in in conversations about um, him parking him at full forward. I, I think you know he's he's your main man. He's your seven year, however many million dollar contract man. Uh, I think he will probably take the lion's share of the ruck once he's fit, but it may take him a couple of weeks to get back up to speed. Would you go this week, Cameron, to Marshall and net your what seventy k price difference? Marshall won't go up much in price, but Cameron is dipping a little bit would you just pull the trigger now i'd i'd always try and get there from someone else <clears throat> even if it's a, a sam de Koenig, um that if you've got him still and parked in the forward line or you can um trade him out in in defense and swing someone else back there um to try and help that maybe a roses is is dead on your forward bench or um with that hamstring or uh, if you have two trades left you can try and get two rookies up but um, yeah, at a pinch and say it's your last trade, um, it, it could certainly be an option because, like you said, Marshall's probably going to score 120 at least. I like it, but I think it's very presumptive of you to assume that we have rookies who are actually making cash on our bench and we can trade them. Some of us do not have that luxury. so Some of us will have to trade a pseudo-premium to another pseudo-premium as has been tradition all year. Pat, you're putting your hand yes. up in the air. I yes, I don't know if I want like to talk. Yeah, I don't know if I want to talk or if I should talk, though, because I've just gone into the player section. And um, there's one way you could make a bit of cash if you're convinced you want to get rid of a Paddy Cripps and then you want to upgrade. As Sam DeConning, if, you, you know, if you've got no cash, you could make the cash by... Oh, you're going to hate this lek dog. Uh, Ryan Beast Mode Matheson scored 122 yeah! on the weekend after his first game back. Is in 165 teams. 
Yeah, and I I made every single one of those teams. I'll tell you that right, <laughs> goddamn now. That man, the beast, the barometer. God, he's, God, he's so damn good. Um, how he hasn't been getting, he's just as likely to get dropped next week, despite coming in and scoring 122. By the way, but uh, Fags did say in his press conference uh, something along the lines of, "Oh, he was really good and hard at the contest and." Maybe maybe we probably should have looked at him a bit earlier. Meanwhile, he's been averaging 45 disposals in the VFL. But, um, no, he was very good. He's certainly playing for for another contract slash to up his salary. I think he's a free agent. Uh, would I be trading him into my team? It's, it feels very unlikely, Patch, that I'll be locking that in. But, Tyler, if you dare me, I'll do it. Uh, <clears throat> I'd probably rather trade him in than, than Levi Casbolt, put it that way. Oh, oh! Although, although, uh, did, did <laughs> can I this see, technically be workplace bullying? Did I see Chol <laughs> Chol go down with an injury on the weekend? Was that maybe this well, time? Well, Levi went down a couple of times as well. It wasn't a great day for the uh, for the Gold Coast Suns. I was cheering hard from Levi uh, in the Gold uh, at the Gold Coast end of the ground. I like it, Patch. It's bold as hell. Uh, do not do it if you're listening at home. Oh, do not try this at home. Absolutely not. This is only We are seasoned. trained professionals. <laughs> seasoned professionals. Uh, but yeah, Tyler, you've mentioned Dylan Moore as well a bit earlier, and he's 513k. There's another potential switch across from like a Crips or a, or a, or a Boca or a, whoever you've got who you, you're not happy with. Um, Josh Dunkley. Oh, God. God. Brody, I'm not happy with at the moment as well. Uh, in fact, I'm not happy with anyone. The forward line outside of Marcus Bontempelli and Tom Libertore has gone to shit again. So it was very scary there when <clears throat> Parker, Heaney, Brody, uh, Mills, whoever else I had in my team for that side, were uh, all about sixty at three quarter time and, and not moving very far. But I agree that Dylan Moore is a, is a is a solid selection patch. You've been talking about him all year. I love it. Uh, Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron both bounced back. They're both relatively cheap. Hawkins at 463k, probably not a trade target for mine, but if you were in a pinch and desperate to to take a, to take a swing, Hawkins is... I think he, he's always got... You're probably not going to start him on field, but as a loop option, um, you know, he's got Port Adelaide this week, which I think his high score... I think his high score ever was against Port Adelaide, 204 points, something like that. And he's got a reasonable run home, Bulldog, St. Kilda, Gold Coast, West Coast. But we spoke about him last week, so we don't need to spend any more time on him. Because because every three months, a, yeah, uh, a forward yeah. option is torn yeah. to shreds by crocodiles in far north Queensland. Et cetera, et cetera. I think the forward line, to be honest, guys, I think it's Rowan Marshall or, or Bust this week, unless you got a lot of cash. There's no one... Super duper exciting me. I know Paddy Lipinski turned up again. I know Harry Immelberg's playing really well, but he's probably out of the price range of anyone looking to to jump on anyone. Isaac Heaney, though, if you don't have him, Tyler, like me, and you're going to lose a bet based on Isaac Heaney that you made preseason. Scored 104 on the weekend, 452k. He's very cheap in a lot of teams, though. Is 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 it is he worth jumping on? I jumped on it about a month ago for a pair of 50s and then was considering jumping back off, but uh, obviously didn't have the trades to do that. And I've been pleasantly surprised by back-to-back -to -back tons. Uh, <clears throat> you probably... He's not the worst option, and 
he's probably one of the the forward options that's most likely to score you 160 uh, in any given round. So I suppose at this time of the year, when you're looking for for someone to do that, it potentially as a loop off the bench or to, to finish off a, a forward line or to, to go sideways from someone who's struggling, um, the, the ceiling is always a positive and um, you've maybe just got to not look at the floor. Yeah, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but Tom Papley's had a, had a good couple of weeks to go with Isaac Heaney. So has Errol Gould, and it's I just there's Heaney's the safest option of of those guys, safest safest in quotation marks. But none of them particularly excite me. Patch Kitty Coleman though continues continues to produce super coach points for us. Another one nineteen to back up his one eighteen on the weekend. Daniel Rich potentially coming back, Dane Zorko potentially coming back, but I don't actually think that impacts his scoring. No, I don't think it. I think it maybe sees a bit of a dip, but I don't think there's too much of a change there. They'll be trying to get the ball in his hands um, to, you know, as he's obviously that, that successor to Rich, and they're, they're very keen to keep him in there as well. If you, yeah, someone that's, that's a bit cheaper um, who is also affected by Paddy Ryder going down, Josh Battle played the number two ruck role, and they don't have anyone else who can do it. At this stage, so he might get a boost at 390k defense forward, but uh, Coleman is the one uh, you'd be looking at in that you know in that price range. If you can get up there a little bit higher, um, he's certainly the one I'd be looking at. Well, battle is a forward defense, so let's swing in defense into defense. And can we just talk about? I know we already spoke about him, but Nick Dacos, what the bloody hell is going on? And this is going to be the same question we asked last year about or. Well, in Sam Walsh's second year, is is this guy going to be a starting primo next year, Tyler? He, he might well just be. Uh, he might just well be uh, one of those two. Um, I traded him out uh, at the start of the buys, I think, to um, or before the buys to Jack Sinclair. So um, I haven't been too upset, but I've been um, quietly frustrated that he continues to average about 130 over his last five rounds or, or whatever ridiculous figure it is. But he just looks so good doing it, like. Um, one of those goals through the middle where he got the handball over from Pendlebury and um, just streamed into the 50 and slotted it. Uh, it just looks like he was the one playing his 350th game. And um, I think you just got to bring him in for, for the looks factor. Yeah, he, he just he looks like he should be scoring super coach points. And that is translating to super coach points. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Uh, but. What a beast. And yeah, 405 points he has scored in his last three games, which is, uh, my brain can't actually comprehend that maths. No. Patch, is there anyone that's exciting you in defense that's worth talking about at this late stage in the season? Um, Mason Redman, as I said off the top, um, but he's getting a bit expensive now, so it makes it a bit harder to bring him in. Um, just very quickly before we duck there, um, Noah Cumberland is on the bubble this week. Um, scored 101 on the weekend, 62 in his first game. He's the player from Richmond you'd be looking to bring in there. But in terms of defenders, uh, just I, just had to say that before I got away from the forward tab on Supercoach because my brain fog would not let me come back on that front. Uh, Nick Vloston, uh, 141 on the weekend. Um, if you're looking for a streaming option, 530K, probably a bit much to pay, but if you, you know want to get rid of short he's had in his last five 96 120 130 82 141 um and that 82 was against west coast um uh, where he probably didn't see a huge amount of the ball 
Um, he's a he's a real option, um, especially if you're after a, a pod. He's in just the five point four percent of teams, and he's someone I do quite like. I'll tell you who I like, and yeah, I think that's a reasonable shout, Patchy. I say this every year, and I, I like Braden Maynard. I know he's not exciting, and I know he uh, probably disappointed people in the middle of the year. He had a patch where he wasn't scoring much, but for his last five, 94, 123, 106, 93, and 109, and he's still sub 500k at 495k. He's in no teams, 1% of teams, which excites me to no end so if i was looking for a cheap defender who who can ton up and is currently outperforming guys like Jaden short and patty cripps Braden maynard is, is one i'd be looking at because uh you know my team is full of people in one percent of teams and that's that's how i build my team baby tyler is everyone you're looking at down back who uh who would tickle your fancy if you had trades uh, well, I mean, if I had trades, uh, that would be nice. Uh, but no, probably not. My, my backline's been set for uh, probably a long, long while now, so I, I haven't actually looked too hard at uh, many of the defenders. But um, yeah, I suppose the ones on the expensive end uh, are the ones that are scoring well for a reason. And um, if you can get up to them, uh, even if you're if you're swinging a two trades to do it with a with a Crips out or something uh, to get up to a Dawson or, or wait next week to get Stuart back in. Um, those are probably the, the, the two better options. Um, but as far as budget goes, uh, try and bring Nick Dacos back in, although he's not cheap <laughs> anymore. All right, let's jump to the midfield before we wrap this up because we have run out of time as always. Here's the asterisk we put at the start of every midfield section. If there's a premium you want to spend money on and they are scoring well, do so. You do not need to ask permission. You bring them into your team. We're going to get some... I want opinions on these three guys. I'm going to go to you first, Patch. You're going to tell me what you... Yes, no on, on these three guys. Chad Warner. Yes. Luke Luke Davies Uniaki. Yes. And uh, Callum Mills. Mm, uh, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sure. All, all roughly the same price. And funnily enough, Luke Davies Uniac is actually the most expensive one. Tyler, of those three guys, Warner, Uniac, and Mills, who would you be looking to bring in to your Supercoach side? Uh, I think it's uh, LDU for me. Uh, he was one that nearly made my starting side. Um, I just, re- he's one of those players you really want to see do well. Um, and you really want to have in your team when he does. Um, but has obviously been on a tear the last few weeks, and I can't see it going away. Uh, I suppose the only thing that colours that is that, they're, um, shockingly, North Melbourne aren't going to make finals. Uh, <laughs> so if he does get a niggle, uh, he may be put out to pasture. Um, so maybe a Chad Warner is the one you, you look to uh, because he just, uh, again, is good, good, to watch uh, and, and plays good-looking footy and um, is averaging 137 over his last three rounds, uh, which seems quite ridiculous. But, um, yeah, maybe go him for that safety of uh, Sydney playing finals throughout Super... Uh, Sydney looking to play finals after Supercoach finals. I like it. I think it's sound advice. Gentlemen, we've, uh, we've run out of time and we're unable to go late tonight, so... Tyler, thank you very much for joining us. Is there anything you want to plug or 
anywhere, anywhere people can follow you? Uh, always, as always, just uh, buy your local community newspaper, um, even more so if it is the Shepparton News. Um, but uh, no, we um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TylerMar5, I think it is. I uh, spew lots of uh, Supercoach-related content on there as well as Shepparton News-related content. And most of it, it's at 3 a.m. in the morning when uh, one or both of the children are awake or there's some sport to be watching. Um, but no, I, I just uh, really uh, enjoyed being on and as always enjoy listening to uh, everything you guys produce. And um, I like to think I get a little bit of a, a peek behind the curtain uh, through Patch. So um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun and hopefully I can uh, hold on tight for the last five rounds. No, we're, we're sitting here supporting you and cheering you on and we hope you can hold on because... Either the newspaper's going to get very fancy very quickly or um, we'll be able to get you back on as a winner and boost our numbers <laughs> for, for, for the content. It's win-win for me, to be honest. Oh, yeah, that, that Friday afternoon, the, the week after you win, uh, would, be, would be a good, good Friday spread, I think, of food and or beverages. Um, so yeah, very much uh, wishing. Who who would the write the the article in the paper? Would it be you, Patch, or would you write it about yourself, Tyler? Oh, I, I would probably ghostwrite it. Yeah, I, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would it would have my name on it, but would I have written it? We'll never know. We'll never know. And Patch, thank you for joining. I hope you're feeling better, my friend. Thank you. Just a, a big shout out to masks and general hygiene uh, and and health generally. Uh, just have a think about wearing one COVID kind of sucks not having a fun time um but otherwise stay safe stay happy and may all of your super coach players score bulk points thank you one more time to manscape for sponsoring this podcast get 20 percent off plus free shipping with our code jock j-o-c-k at manscape.com go blues